0: All right, everybody, the two crew sweatshirts have been mailed out, and I am proud to say that through the sales of these sweatshirts, we were able to raise $1,000 for Back on My Feet, so Peak Too Early will be writing a $1,000 check to Back on My Feet Indianapolis, and I just want to say thank you. Peak Too Early is one of the best communities in the sport, and I am so proud to be part of it. Also, can you do us a favor and go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to this podcast, and please leave us a five-star review. Spread the word, and uh, just tell people about how awesome this podcast is. Thank you.
1: This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring
2: Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. And
0: I'm willing. Hey everyone and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world. Peak too World. I'm one of your hosts, Steve Jenner. And I'm joined by Mike Jenner, who is somewhere off the coast of Massachusetts. Mike, how you doing?
3: I'm recovering a little bit, Steve. I I must say, Patriots, Thanksgiving, 8 p.m. game. That's tough. It's tough to be at, <clears throat> at the uh you know the underground 5K at eight in the morning, drinking Miller Lite at 10 a.m. I have to make it through an entire Thanksgiving meal, drinking wine all day long. And then I got to get out for an 8.30 p.m. Patriots game and a huge game at that. Uh, and then that game kind of broke me. So I'm still recovering a little bit. But uh, but all in all, you know, it was still a great Thanksgiving.
0: That game broke me in many ways, Mike. <laughs> many, <laughs> many many ways um great thanksgiving like you said started off with the underground 5k that started in the covid year it's kind of gotten a little bit bigger every single year since then we just have a group of friends over to my house to do an informal 5k and then we kind of end with a fire pit and a couple early morning thanksgiving uh, beverages in in the backyard so just an awesome way to kick off the day the weather was perfect it was awesome just a great thanksgiving all the way around. Um, we are without our host, uh, Trent Fontanella. He is stuck in a snowstorm. He is driving from the airport to his remote apartment in the middle of nowhere. And he is stuck. And I have a very early morning flight to the running event down in Austin, Texas tomorrow morning. So I'm looking at like a 345, 350 wake-up call, and we couldn't wait any longer. And uh we want to get this uh, this episode out we got a big interview so mike and i are jumping on the mics and we're going to we're going to power on without trent trent will be on the interview later in this podcast but the rest is going to be without him um and mike uh, people are big mad <laughs> people are big mad online um we've been putting out teasers uh, for this this week's episode with uh, with shelby hugelhan a controversial controversial figure uh, in the sport of running right now. And people are not happy with us. And I'll, I'll say this, Mike, I don't care. (laughs) I really don't care. The commenters, um, we're already getting, uh, negative reviews on Spotify and Apple podcasts and the episode isn't even out. So it just shows you, um, the character of these people, (laughs) Um, their mindset going into this, they're not even willing to have a conversation and they're already leaving negative views, which I'm fine with. Uh, We've said so many times that this podcast was originally started for a group of 10 to 15 friends and we've grown that friend group and that's kind of like our core listeners. So as long as we're we're doing episodes and we're doing interviews for those people, I could care less about these people coming out of the woodworks to uh, try and tear us down. Yeah. And
3: and if you think they're mad now, Steve, wait till well, if they even listen to the interview, wait till they listen to the interview, because listen, I I had a great time talking to Shelby. I really did. And like, I don't know how anybody could leave that conversation that we're about to have with her and not be like, wow, like Shelby is such a cool person, badass, badass runner um and just like an incredibly pleasant conversation obviously we talk about the hard stuff we had to talk about the hard stuff we had to get into it obviously you know no surprise to anybody who's listened to our podcast before we we show our support for her in this interview and then we just like yak it up and, and chat with with our, our our new friend Shelby here so yeah if, if they were mad before when they you just are dropping the promo Steve they're probably gonna be even more mad after but like you said like I, I, to me, this was just like any other interview we've ever done. You know, we have our stances on things. Sometimes we, we flip flop, but at the end of the day, like if someone's going to come on this podcast and want to have a straight up conversation with us and we're going to sit here and, you know, crack a beer with Shelby and, and have fun. And that's what we did. And I, Will not apologize to anybody for this interview. Um, I think we had the opportunity to talk to Shelby, we'd be stupid to turn it down and went exactly how I'd expect it to. Like, so we had a blast. Uh, I no regrets, and why would I have regrets? Like, the people who are already making a big deal of this, like, so without even listening to the interview, it's crazy to me. Um, but you know what, whatever, <laughs> like. Then this is this, then this interview isn't isn't for you, I guess. But uh, for the people who can actually enjoy it, it was like one of my favorite interviews we've ever had.
0: Yeah, no, I I loved it. And, um, you know, I it, <laughs> it's funny, like the 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 comments are rolling in, the DMs are rolling in and I'm picking and choosing who I'm responding to. I'm not going to respond to 90 percent of it. But, you know, if there's certain comments like I, you know, and, and if they're nasty, I'm not even going to bother. But I'm picking and choosing like who I'm responding to. And this one comment was talking about how um, there was no need for for this interview. And I just responded. I said this. There's no need for any of our interviews. We talk to the people that we want to have our conversation with. Our podcast has always been about running, gambling, and the occasional Tom Brady talk. I disagree with you. But guess what? That's okay. Lighten up, grab a beer, and listen if you want to. And the end, I think that's the perfect
3: way to put it. And it's like if you have some sort of feelings against Shelby, like that sure, like like you said, I disagree with you, but like that's your prerogative. You can you can feel however you want, but to like to get as angry as people are getting and to act like you know the whole story, right? For for these people to act that like they know every second that's and element of the story. You don't. You don't know. You think you know, and that's fine. And like I get it, people will just drop the hammer and say, "You tested positive. You got banned, and that's that." And listen, you know what? Fine. Like that. That's fair. If that. That's like the. If that's what you want to take as the fact, then like I said, as much as you don't have anything to disprove anything we've said in the the past, I don't have anything to to, to disprove you. Right? You said she tested positive and she was banned and that's that and that's true but i choose to believe and like we talked on in the interview i choose to believe that 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 there's more to that story and you know whether you want to listen to it, whether you want to explore it that's my opinion that's how i feel right and after talking to shelby i feel way more strongly in that and it's
0: like you can feel however you want but yeah, i don't know you, you don't know the whole story you just don't you don't you don't and and the yeah the the, the people that think they have it all figured out and the amount of uh, friend of a friend I've heard from a friend of a friend that has facts. It's like every single time I hear it, I said, I'm not entertaining this conversation present with present me with evidence. If you have evidence from your friend or your friend has evidence, come out with it. But otherwise I'm not entertaining any more friend of a friend uh, uh, arguments And every single person that, that, um, you know, falls under the, a pro runner category that has commented or reached out every single one of them. I said, okay, come on, talk to us. I, you know, I will, I will give every single one, every, you know, we have pro runners all the time. If you disagree with what I'm saying and you're mad, we're giving a platform to Shelby and not what you want to say. I've invited every single one to come on and they've all denied us. So I'm sick of like those types of arguments, the friend of the friend and the pro runner that wants to say stuff, but is, is afraid to say it on the podcast. So I, I'm done with that um you know uh and then where else was I going with this I had a million things what? to say about this. I mean
3: I, I just I think we've made like our stance on this so clear right and like w- we've talked about how we try not to take ourselves too seriously around here right so it's like I, I, I'm just I don't have the the capacity Steve to, yeah. to like really go down those roads you know what I mean like this is a podcast we're out here having fun and and like i said we we do obviously talk about like legitimate things in this interview but i also think it was fun and if you if, if you've listened to a single episode that we've ever put out anything any content period like you know you know what we're doing out here you know what the what the deal is all about and this is no different like stop with just the absolute like Think you know everything in the world and everything has got to be so serious and everything's got to be like the end of the world that we can't have a conversation with somebody and we can't have our own opinion without like, it just going bananas so it's just like see I, like i just i don't i i appreciate your ability to get on there and like you know go back and forth with some of the
0: commenters. i just i don't like i really just yeah, don't I, have it in. I, i'm me. not going to i said i'm picking and choosing a very small right select group of them i remember what i was going to say Mike. And so say, you know, so somebody tests positive, right? And whatever your feelings are, whether they're guilty or innocent or whatever, are you saying that they should never have a platform again? They should never talk again. They should never be part of the sport again. I mean, and that, it goes back to one of the things that we're going to talk about with Shelby in this upcoming interview, how our sport is viewed so much differently in so many ways, especially in this regard. I mean, you you. you to, to imagine, imagine what pro sports would be like with anybody who had a, a, a negative test was just completely no longer had the ability to, uh, to, to have a, a platform anymore. I mean, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go there. Uh, Peyton Manning has a cast as a, as the Manning cast on ESPN, you know, every single week for football, um, Alex Rodriguez is a fixture on on Sunday night baseball. The list goes on and on and on of pro athletes that, you know, I'm not what whether they're innocent, guilty or whatever, have had a positive test and we're just supposed to completely write those athletes off forever?
3: The the Houston Astros just won the World Series. They don't have did they have a platform, Steve, to talk about? I mean,
0: I yeah. I, I have I have a couple people that I know in my life want to say something about this, and I have that Houston Astros comment ready, locked and loaded, ready to go. So bring it, baby.
3: Bring it. You want to do it to me? Well, yeah, I'll even call it myself. I'll call it myself. Alex Cora. Uh my manager, baby. My manager. He's still the manager of the Boston Red Sox. My manager. Uh, and listen. Sport, we my tried that, like and, and we sports have have tried this uh route that running takes right where you like completely demonize take away their livelihood type of thing like how'd that work out for baseball right in it, it, it the, the whole it. thing yeah it went it, from we're... it went
2: from the number
0: one sport in the country to completely destroying it and now the
3: entire like sports world looks back and it's like wait what why isn't barry bonds in the hall of fame i can't wrap my head around wait what roger clemens is never going to be in the hall of fame how does that make any sense right like you try to explain you you put these stats in front of like a new baseball fan it's like what i don't even understand how that makes any sense why wouldn't they be in the hall of fame so but yeah we they the line was written in the sand here and yeah i don't know maybe maybe we're getting off track because now we're, we're talking as if you know this, this is all hypothetically like even if we didn't believe what we we do believe but it's like if you want to have the opposite opinion of us still like why why do we need to create this narrative where somebody's livelihood being taken away and four years away from the sports in the prime of their career um okay that seems like an en- enough punishment okay i i think that for for somebody that we believe is innocent even if someone is guilty that seems like enough punishment so listen the fact that we had it on our podcast um yeah get over it get get
0: over it i, I don't know what yeah, to tell and, you. and you're right we are getting kind of a, a you know away from it a little bit just to kind of give we're not we're not going to get into the science in this interview and I'm, i don't even really want to get into it too much in the in the intro here um But, you know, just just to kind of give like a quick little recap of what's going on and why we've been so fired up about this for, you know, going on uh, two years now, Mike, Um, you know, Shelby going into the Olympics, this most recent Olympics, Shelby was really kind of the favorite um, mid-distance runner, both men's and women's, you know, our our greatest hope of medal in the mid-distance, you know, kind of eight hundred uh, you know, uh, 1500, um, you know, events. She was, she was crushing it. She was on a, she was, she was the best by far in the country and she was one of the top contenders in the world. And in, um, December 15th, 2020, she, she, uh, received a, um, uh, a positive test for Neanderlone. Um, and the saga just kind of goes on and on and you can go on to, her website and read all the details about it. Let me see if I can get, it's, it's, it's clearshelby.com. Um That's just one resource. There's many resources out there to find out information, but that kind of gives it from her perspective a little bit. But um, you know, if you kind of just look at that single positive test that same year, she was tested 12 other times and she passed all of her tests. She never missed a single one. And so right there, my first thing is, okay, if she's dirty, if she's taking something, she's never missed another test. She's 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 taken every single one of her tests and passed every single one with flying colors. If you're dirty and you have something in your system, miss that test. Why didn't she miss that? Why didn't she just take that off? Because she wouldn't have been penalized for missing that first one. So if she has something in her system. The smart and she knowingly has something in her system. The smart thing for her to do would be to miss that test, and she wouldn't be penalized because it would be her first offense. It would be her first. Whereabouts failure, if you will. Um, and, you know, from there, um, so the A test tested positive, the despite the, you know, appeals, you know, the, um, you know, the just everything that went along her B test, her B sample was never tested. Um, Neandrolone is essentially a, a naturally occurring substance in the body, but it can come from other things. And one of the things it can come from is it can come from, um, pigs. And the night before she had, she had a, a pork burrito, pork offal. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, the receipts back that up. Um, and I know that's been made into a giant joke, you know, blaming a burrito, but it, 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 it can happen there. Um, and so all of this, you know, just kind of my head, my head starts spinning you know, with all this information um, and the appeals process is long, it's drawn out. It's not necessarily fair to the athletes. It's a guilty until proven innocent system throughout this appeal process. She was, and this is something we didn't bring up in the interview. And I'm kind of disappointed we didn't, but she was offered a plea deal where she'd take three years instead of four. And um, with the, with the craziness of, 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 COVID and the delayed Olympics with a four-year ban, you're going to miss two Olympics. If she takes the plea deal, she's able to compete in the next Olympics, no problem. But she's so dead set on the fact that she is going to win this case and it's going to come out uh, in her favor that she didn't take the plea deal. She's like, no, I'm not admitting to doing something I didn't do. She didn't take the plea deal. So that's another piece of the puzzle. So you got all this. Um, and you know, us, you know, as we talked about to lead into the show, coming from a sports fan perspective and looking that at, at track and field, looking at the sport of running, being like, this this is insanity. And I'm going to come at this, the, I'm going to come at the fans of, of track and field. I'm going to come at the fans of running and tell them, you don't know how to be fans. You don't know how to be fans of, of your runners um you know we've talked we've jokingly talked about this how we know how to be fans we know how to stand on that wall defend tom brady through all the deflate gate bullcrap we're standing on the shelby wall saying we you know with the evidence given we're a fan of this runner and we're a fan of the sport and we're going to do what we can to, to to defend her and guess what you don't need to agree with us but that's what we are and and if you're thinking that this is our our stance on it. As of this interview, you're nuts. We did it. We did a, Mike and I, we did an Instagram live the second this came out and we've been talking about it nonstop since the, until this interview up into this interview. So this isn't the first time we talked about it. So if this is your first time listening to us and being like, Oh, these guys are taking advantage of the opportunity to have Shelby who on the podcast. No, this has been one of our dream guests for the past two years for this reason.
3: I just looked it up, June 16th, 2021. Uh, in You know, I, I don't want to repeat all the takes. You did a good job summary there. I mean, we got into the nitty-gritty details of all the players and the different shady characters behind this band. I mean, we really broke it down, and that was, you know, a year and a half ago. So if you want to go back and listen to that episode, be my guest. But it's not just Shelby, Steve, too. I mean, we've been out there you know, getting in fights over Christian Coleman for a very I mean, long time and I... to fight the to fighting the whereabouts fit. so like yeah, I mean we're we're defending our, our, our people. That's what we're doing and we're
0: defending our people but at the same time we're also being like this this is this system is insane in the power the AIU the the power that this sport has over these athletes to be like no oh, nope you know this this little vial you know, despite everything that you you chose in your career, this little single vial right here is going to completely destroy your career, destroy your livelihood, and destroy your your reputation. It's just like God. There's got to be a better way. So that's that's kind of why we're all riled up. So um <laughs> should we get into the interview,
3: Mike? Yeah, I think we just leave the rest to the interview. Let it speak for itself, and kind of let let Shelby do the talk. And I think um here's the deal steve there's going to be a portion of two crew that are on our side and have listened to us who you know no matter what have probably set their their mind on shelby and then there's going to be a portion of people who have their mind set against shelby that no matter what is said in this interview no matter what they hear it doesn't matter their mind will never be changed my only hope Is that that middle group, whatever number of people, whatever percentage of people who go into this this interview with an open mind. Don't go in with your preconceived things. Don't even let us, you know, everything we've just said sway you in any way. Just go into this with an open mind. Just listen to the interview completely neutrally and just enjoy the interview. And then when it's all said and done, if you want to go off with your biases and do that, that's fine. You do you. But just for the next 20, 25 minutes or so, just try. Try for once in your life to, to listen to this with an open mind. That's all I ask.
0: Yeah. And also um, to everybody that considers themselves part of the two crew or likes what we're doing, can you please go and offset, uh, you know, use your vote to offset one of the negative reviews that we're getting on uh, Apple podcast and Spotify? We would greatly appreciate it because they're rolling in and like i said i don't care but if you want to stand up for the two crew and defend you know what we're doing here you know what we created which is a free podcast on a regular basis um just go give us a a five-star review write something nice about us so that we we really appreciate that um yeah let's not wait any longer let's uh let's get into the interview here mike well hey we're we're already recording you mind if we just kind of Jump in here. We'll give you a little introduction, yeah. kind of outside the interview. But I'm always i always think it's weird when you give like the introduction.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just like listening. So like people list off things and I'm like, yeah, cool, nice. <laughs>
0: no. So so Shelby, yeah, I'm I, good
1: with that. Let's roll into it.
0: Cool. So you know, I I want to start. Well, there's so much I want to talk to you about. And there's so many questions we have for you, but I do want to start the interview off this way, and and I hope you're okay with it. And I'll start off by saying we started this podcast almost four years ago because we were all runners and we were diehard fans of other sports, but we weren't necessarily following the sport of running the way that we followed other sports. And so we said, okay, let's bring that same mindset to the world of track and field, cross country and marathoning. And we've had a lot of fun with it. But, you know, one of the things that we always get so upset about this sport. And one of the things that we noticed really on when we started covering this sport was the way that you know, allegations of cheating and uh, drugs were handled, and how it was so much different than other sports in the way that it is. It is truly a guilty until proven innocent system, um, and 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 it does it in a way where it ruins livelihoods and ruins reputations, and it's extremely unfair. And we've kind of come out <laughs> as the like a voice in the sport where. Whenever these allegations come up, we're like, "Hold on, wait a second. This isn't fair. Like, we have to take a step back. We have to analyze what's going on. Like, to to throw this out and completely, you know, ruin somebody's livelihood. It, it, it's not fair." And so, I just want to start off by saying, like, since this came out, we've we've been on your side since day one, and we've been we've been following this closely. It doesn't make yeah, sense to us. It. it doesn't seem fair. And I guess. To set the tone for the interview, I just want to come out and ask you Can you tell? We call our listeners the two crew. Can you tell the two crew that you believe that you are innocent for everything you were being accused of?
1: Oh, absolutely. I like, I believe that I'm innocent. And like, I think it's frustrating to have to go through this whole process knowing that you don't deserve to go through it and suffer the consequences for something that you didn't do. Like, like we were just saying, it's so much easier for people to just disbelieve the athlete than the institution itself um but i think a lot of these cases like mine in particular it's it's hard because it's like yeah you you've seen athletes stand up before and say that they're innocent and then it turns out that they're not and like completely ruins it for the, the athletes that are and it's like all i can tell you is like yeah i didn't do it i'm innocent i don't know what else to say and it's up to the person to you know believe me or not believe me but I do appreciate your guys' support and that means a lot that you know anyone that reaches out and just like lets me know like hey I believe you like that that does mean a lot because you know in this position it's like you kind of feel a little helpless and in, in trying to defend yourself
0: and I and I think I think track and field it, I mean I well you're definitely hurt by the fact that track and field isn't where we believe that it should be because if this was any other sport, people would be losing their minds. And track and field also, the fans of this sport, and I get so – we 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 kind of rag on the the fan base as a whole for a lot of things. But one of the things that that we see time and time again, and they don't take a critical look at what the sport's doing. As soon as these allegations are thrown out there, most fans are ready to just kind of move on and forget about yeah, it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't know what that is about this sport, but I wish – I wish we could we could progress the sport and get the fans to be like, okay, well, let's not trust the sport for everything. And let's take a little bit more of a critical look at it.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I was definitely one of those naive like I didn't really know exactly how the system worked. I just like was trusting the anti-doping process that they were, you know, handling things the right way. And I think that was honestly why when this happened I felt so blindsided because throughout the whole process I was like it's going to be fine it's going to be fine like I I'm like this is a terrifying process to go through but like I was always holding out hope in the end that I didn't do anything they have to see that and there's no way that I'm going to get banned for four years you know and you know it's I think eye-opening to have gone through it and kind of see the way that athletes are treated firsthand um yeah like you said you're just guilty if you if there's a a positive test you're just guilty and you're like basically you have the burden to try to figure out what happened and a lot of the times especially in cases where it's something you consumed or ate or whatever it was like that's almost impossible to try to backtrack and unless you like for some reason like saved what you were eating that night for two months later to test like it's impossible to figure out um and it's great for some of the athletes that have been able to but it's it sucks for the ones that that haven't been able to do that and I'm sure I'm not the only one
3: yeah I I guess I just want to start off by saying I am sorry that we have to start the conversation this way and I know so many of the conversations you're having right now are starting off this way because we are huge fans and we have been for a long time and it's like I envisioned one day when we were having you on the podcast, we were going to be talking about starting off with all of your accolades and you know <laughs> talking about all these amazing things you've done for the sport and in the sport. And it's like, oh nope, we're 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 talking about this again. But I just think we've um gone to battle with this so much that it's like it would be disingenuous for us not to talk about this point. And I guess w- one thing I I wonder about is Steve kind of talked about how fans um of other sports treat their sport and um so often like a fan base of a, of a particular team or particular athlete when allegations of stuff like this come up fans of other sports stand by their 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 team and stand by their guy yeah. and it's like they they fight to the death for them and it just seems like that isn't always the case in our sport and it's almost like some fans of the sport root for, for this stuff and get like excited when this stuff happens to athletes. And I know you're, you have teammates and people who have been supportive. Um, and I know you're disappointed with like the institution as a whole, but are, is there any element to you that is just disappointed with the fan base of the sport in general, with the way that, you know, you feel like you've been treated during this, or do you feel like there has been enough outreach and support during during this whole situation for you
1: yeah so i mean i think when everything initially went public i deleted all of my social media and i was just like i gave it my login to my sister i was like you can like please just manage this like i don't want to see anything um because you know i think in my position i like like you said like you don't know how the fans are going to react. And in track, it's a lot of the times not great. Like everyone's skeptical. And like, and so I was like, kind of just expecting no one to believe me and like to not have any support. And I was terrified of that. Um, And I think in my experience, I actually did feel really supported by a lot of the fans. And that could be um, a little bit of me just also not paying attention and not like reading all the negative stuff. Um, So I was only like intentionally trying to surround myself with that support um, and those supportive comments. Like my sister would, you know, read a supportive comment and just like send it my way um, and kind of monitor the ones that weren't great. But, you know, I'm sure there's like a fair share of people that are not supportive or don't believe me, but I really tried to focus on like I said just surrounding myself with that support and so to me if like I'm not disappointed if I I felt a lot of support in those moments and like that really carried me through it um just to know like okay like people like do believe me and maybe maybe it's not going to be as bad as I think um but yeah I mean it's it's definitely a really hard position to be in. And I am i was lucky to have the support of my teammates and my friends as well. I, and my family, of course, like I had a huge support system there um, to go through that with. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a bit of a terrifying experience for sure yeah. to, you know, have to go through that. Especially it's like a- people are very vocal about their opinion and they, <laughs> for some reason, just arrogantly think that they are right without Ugh. even having a second thought about it um enough to reach out and say mean things which i very much disagree with but yeah
3: speaking of which so you mean to tell me that you don't just <laughs> scroll through let's run for three or four hours a day reading all those <laughs> <Yeah>. incredibly <laughs> intelligent comments that's not how you spend all your free time
1: definitely not my mom <laughs> my mom on the other hand has all whole oh, no. this story oh, i've told her so many times like you got to get off of that site. You can't read those <laughs> things. Like she's, she's handling it in a whole different way. And there's, you know, a lot of the times that's frustrating for me because she'll read some things and then bring them to me. And she's like, they said this. And I'm like, oh, I don't go on that site for a reason. Please don't bring that to me. Like, <laughs> I told you not to go on that site. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's definitely not a place to go for sure.
2: <laughs> only only podcasters and like <laughs> two crew listeners should be on Let's Run. No, no professional should ever yeah, find don't themselves. Ever on Let's My Run. mom yeah. would be doing the same thing, by the way. So yeah,
1: yeah, yeah she's all fired up for sure. <laughs> so
2: I'm not defending Let's Run bloggers. I'm not defending people that, that sent me messages to you. I do. I think when I kind of reached out originally, I was saying like, one thing that is tough for, for fans, right. Is when people kind of deny things like this and you just, you just don't know who's telling the truth. Right. We just don't have all that information. Uh, and one thing that kind of got me so fired up was just, it seemed like, uh, like what Steve said, you know, everybody is just just proven guilty before innocent, and we don't take a close look at what they're actually, you know, getting in trouble for or, or what the system is set up for. So do you just have any kind of message or, or, or um, you know um like question for people that are so so soon to just assume it's guilty um and just like and and are in difficult positions they have to kind of figure out oh who's cheating who's not cheating type of thing like do you have any message to them about how the system works or any takeaways that you would have um to try and just make people have more of an open mind when these stories do come up
1: yeah i mean it's really hard because I think ultimately you just need to keep an open mind. And I think going through this process, it's definitely opened my eyes a lot more to anything that comes out. Like if someone had a positive test or whatever, I'm just like, now I'm second guessing everything. I'm like, well, did they? Like, I want to, like, I need to know more. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not as quick to maybe jump to conclusions. Um, but I think, you know, going through the process, you really are treated guilty. And I think something, that's worth noting is like it's they like WADA doesn't have to prove that you did it they don't have to prove anything they only had a positive test so like that's where it's I'm really frustrated with it that I got a four-year ban for like basically being accused for intentionally doping when there was no like there's no evidence that that happened and I don't even believe that the science supports that and but they they never had to argue that it was on the athlete on me to have to figure out what happened and how that got in my system and we felt like the most like the only really real lead that we had was uh the meal that I eat that I had eaten the night before and so we tried to prove that and obviously as everyone knows like we weren't able to prove it beyond a reasonable doubt um and so that's why I got 4 years but it wasn't because they proved that I cheated They only had to just poke holes in what we were coming up with. So I think that's definitely worth noting. And like, it's not always just black and white. Like, obviously I cheated. That's why I got a four-year ban. There was just, there was no evidence of that. Um, And so, I mean, I think that's, yeah, just something to take into account when quickly judging people that maybe you don't have the full story. And I think people should, before making a very solid opinion, get more of the information.
0: Great answer, and, and we can and we can. Yeah, you know, I mean, we could spend the next two hours talking about the science. Yeah. like it's a wormhole, and and I agree with you. Like, I I don't think the science adds up. And there's even other sports that have come out against like being like it, it's too inaccurate to test for this drug. Like MLB has come out and said that like oh it's 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 pointless testing for this because it's it's too inaccurate. So we could we could go down all types of wormholes for that. But I, I you know I think it gets pretty boring pretty quickly. But can you? um give the the listeners a little bit of insight into what the appeals process looks like and and what maybe the most frustrating part of that appeals process is and like what what might be the hold up in that appeals process.
1: Yeah, so I mean the way that my case worked out was I you typically get a first try. So I got like I was with the AIU. That's the the test that I had um that was positive. And so I was sub- would have gone to the aiu had a trial i would have probably lost that trial and then we would have gone to the court of arbitration but because going through the process the aiu wasn't communicating with us at all like four months went by and we were just kind of met with silence in our emails no one was emailing emailing us back no one was giving us an update the olympic trials were coming up and we're like we got to do something like we got to You know, kick them in the butt and get this ball rolling because it feels like they're just trying to put it off until I can't compete at the trials to keep me out of the Olympics. So we we ended up intervening with CAS, the court of arbitration, went straight to that second trial and lost that, obviously. And then after that, the only like real other legal option is to go to the Swiss tribunal and appeal the cast decision and those are extremely hard to overturn because you have to find like something like legally wrong with the way it was handled it can't just be like oh we have more information or like whatever that was like you actually have to find like you know someone lied here or like something was mishandled um so because of that that's really the only way that those decisions get overturned and we felt like we had a good argument for it but you know the appeals process took I can't remember exactly but anywhere from like six to eight months um and then ended up finding out that we had lost that as well, which wasn't really shocking. I was kind of prepared for that, but I was just hoping for, you know, the universe to kind of correct itself a little bit um, and it didn't end up happening, but yeah, it's just the whole ordeal is just, it takes a lot of time and a lot of money. Yeah.
2: Here, hearing you talk about it gets me fired up again. And you're talking about like, yeah, hey, you're not getting back to you and the extended call or the extended time it takes and, and how much money you probably put into it yourself, trying to defend yourself and all this stuff. So I'm fired up about it. You seem like you're able to kind of talk about it with a level head. Where where are you at uh, from a headspace right now? When you when you bring this up, does this like fire you up and get you pissed off right now? Or are you able to kind of take a step back and say, OK, we're just going to have this interview with these guys. But but you're like, where's your headspace at?
1: I don't think I'm ever going to talk about it and not get fired up. <laughs> I think it's always going to kind of piss me off a little bit. Um, but I, enough time has passed and I've, I'm have i in a better headspace with where it's at. Like I think if I were to try to do an interview like this a year ago when it was still more fresh, I would have probably broke down in tears and like just been really upset about it. Um, but I think I've kind of been able to process through all of that and accept that this is where I'm at and I don't really have any control over that. Um, so I have a lot, I'm a little more stable in being able to talk about it. And yeah, I think I'm always gonna, like I said, always going to be a little pissed off. Um, but I'm definitely, I've come a long way in the last, you know, year and a half since then. So yeah, it's been a quite a journey. I felt all of the different emotions you could possibly <laughs> humanly feel. But yeah, I'm I'm in a good spot now, I think.
3: So one thing I've thought about a lot is that first championship race where Shelby Houlihan steps on the track is going to be appointment television because we've all seen what you do just under normal circumstances and, you know you know, a regular championship race with championship things on the line. But to me, that first championship back is like chip on the shoulder. Shelby is going to be. A scary scary thing to line up against. How much have you thought about that first time that you step back on the track with championship stakes? And, you know, it, I mean, am I exaggerating it? Am I coming at it too much from a fan perspective where it's like, I got to prove to the everything to the world. Or like, is that actually how, you know, you feel about when you, when you dream about that, that day in that race, is that, you know, is that how you feel about it?
1: That's a hundred percent.
3: Good. Thank i'm like Thank i'm God. ready
1: to come out like this <laughs> swinging i need i have a lot to prove and i don't feel like i had like i have so much left to show that just like all of this time just got taken away from me and so i'm like really fired up and i'm like i'm gonna go out there and just like you know screw
2: everybody
1: oh you can swear you
2: can swear on this run podcast, away
1: from know. everybody and like just you know take everything out. Um, But I think realistically, I'm trying not to get my hooks up, like to do that. I know it might be a little bit of a transition because I've been working out, I will have been working out by myself in a different kind of like space for the last four years. I know maybe I'm not gonna immediately come in and just start killing it. Um, I hope that's what happens. (laughs) Like I really want that to happen but I'm trying to like lower my expectation for myself a little bit or that standard to be like, okay, it's going to be fine. If it's like going to be a little Rocky at first, you know, I, I've it's, this has taken a huge adjustment to just start like be working out by myself and training by myself. So I'm sure like getting back into it. And I'm not training at hundred percent right now by any means. So like, Maybe doing that again, it's going to just take a year. I'm going to give myself a wiggle room of a year to kind of get back into it. But I hope it doesn't take that long. I hope I'm just like, you know, (laughs) coming out swinging.
3: (laughs) I can't even tell you how refreshing it is to hear you say that. Because I think a lot of athletes like try and guard that true emotion. You know, you don't hear that a lot. And just to hear you come out and say that's like, that's, that's how we feel as fans watching the sports is so to. To hear that, like that's genuinely the emotions you're feeling is that's a very refreshing yeah.
0: thing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> definitely is.
0: <laughs> what does um What does your future look like with Bowerman? Do you plan to stay with them? Do you do you uh, is it is it kind of up in the air? Do you have any plans with uh with your with your team?
1: Yeah, I think it's like honestly a little up in the air. I think it's just a, dependent on a lot of things. Um, obviously they just moved to. To Eugene and are kind of transitioning into what that looks like um so I mean a little bit of a blessing in disguise I guess that I get to sit that out and just kind of see how it unfolds (laughs) um but yeah I know I hope it you know that transition goes well and I I would love to join the team again when this is over um and this is up and I can start competing and and Uh, training with my teammates. Again, that social aspect and that like team camaraderie is something that I've really noticed is a part of why I love running. And I didn't really notice it until it was gone. Um, And so I definitely don't want to be training by myself in, you know, after these next two years are gone. Um, But I would love to get back to BTC. I think it also depends on like what Nike wants to do as well. So like contract-wise like that's going to be super dependent on where I go or what I do. Um but I yeah, hopefully I would love to be back with my teammates.
0: I we and I was kicking myself cuz we just uh we had Grant on a couple weeks ago and um I I didn't bring up the move to to Oregon. Like what is the amongst the team, what's the feeling with that? Were were people (laughs) excited about it? Were were most people kind of like, oh God, I don't want to go to, I don't want to go to Eugene.
1: Yeah. I think, I think most people were pretty upset if I'm going to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think everyone was very excited about it. Um, but I think they're, you know, just trying to put on the best face that they can and handling it in the best way that they can. Cause obviously like a huge part of that is you're kind of uprooting your life. Luckily it's only two hours away in, you know, from Portland to Eugene, but you're still kind of uprooting, leaving your friends. And like, sometimes like some of them have to leave their significant others, um, to, you know, move away and create a new home. Um, so I, I think that's definitely a hard transition and it's just going to take some time before that feels like home. And I think that's hard right now because, with how much we train and you know altitude training and stuff like that you're not home a lot anyway so it's like when your time at home is now not at home it's just gonna be it's gonna be difficult for a little bit so I don't think people are overly happy about the move but I hope it works out in the end and it's hopefully for the best
0: we talk about it all the time. Eugene's like the toughest place in the world to travel to. So if you're yeah. traveling all the time, <laughs> if you're going to altitude, if you're flying, you know, overseas for races, I got to imagine it's just that much more
2: difficult.
1: Yeah, probably will be.
2: <laughs> I was just think that two hours away, but two totally different places to be. Very different. I'm just to. happy
1: that they're only two hours away so I can still go and visit my friends and they're not like halfway across the country or something. So yeah. it's it's been a transition for me as well because I'm like just in Portland. I'm like, I'm lonely. Like all my friends aren't here anymore. (laughs) So I've been trying to make some trips down there and just like kind of hang out with them or grab dinner or something. But yeah, it's it's definitely been a transition, I think, for me as well, even though I'm not actually moving, but (laughs) definitely not as hard for me, I guess, for them than for them.
2: A lot less people in in the city that can keep up with you on a on normal daily (laughs) training right now. Yeah. Uh when we we had a lot of athletes on at the, during like the height of COVID, right? So everything was canceled and people didn't have competitions and so forth. And it was funny. We had a whole range of responses on how people were handling that. Some people were like, man, I really rediscovered my love of running, right? It was like, I I didn't have to race. I could just get out there and get the miles. And other people like, I'm going crazy out here. I just need to get on a time <laughs> yeah. trial. I'm losing my mind. So what's your, what's your relationship with running right now? You're, you're training on your own. You don't have any like big competitions on or any competitions on the count or are you, which kind of end of the spectrum are you closer to?
1: Mm, I think, <laughs> honestly, I think I'm like pretty sick of it at the moment, um, but my stubbornness is like, and like, I don't know what I would do without it. So it's like, mm. I don't like, I'm not like really loving this right now, but I like can't stop. <laughs> you know, um, It's, I think really the, most like the biggest struggle has just been more mentally um, managing how I'm doing. Like training has been fine. Like my body's fine. It's healthy. And it's just like mentally I'm getting to points where I'm like, I don't want to do this today. I don't want to go do a workout. And which if you know me and know how I train, that is like not good (laughs) because I'm typically like Hell yeah. It's freaking workout day. I'm ready to go. And I get really excited for those days. I'm really excited to hurt. And like, so for me to go into a workout day and be like, yeah, I don't like feel like doing this today. It's like, it's not good <laughs> right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just trying to manage that. And, you know, I think last year training all alone and kind of treating it as a normal season, um, burned me out a lot more than I thought it was going to I did a bunch of time trials and I was just kind of like trying to treat it as normal and I got to the end of the season I was like I don't want to freaking do these anymore like no one's out here with me like I don't even have anyone holding a stopwatch like I'm just out here alone and it sucks and I'm not willing to hurt right now um so I've been trying to kind of do something different this year and treat the next two years as more of like a really long buildup into 2025 so i'm hoping that kind of works out i think mentally it'll just be a little bit easier um but yeah the mental aspect of running right now is really the biggest thing that i'm trying to manage it's just trying to stay excited and stay engaged and yeah get the work in
3: so does that mean you're not going to go dominate the local turkey trot? (laughs) Just, <laughs> i, <laughs> I
1: kind of want to <laughs> <You should. laughs> i just yeah i feel like i have to like kind of pick and choose because i can race i can do like unsanctioned low level races but then i also like feel kind of bad that i'm
0: oh like, no, going... <laughs> no. no.
1: <laughs> yeah i ended up doing one in my hometown this summer Uh did like my first half marathon which was pretty fun i didn't like run fast or anything but it was like oh like I'm out here. Like people are cheering me on and like, this is fun. (laughs) Like miss this. Uh, So I might have to like incorporate some of those into my training just to have things to look forward to. Um, But yeah, we'll see. Nothing's on the, on the calendar yet though.
2: I I love the three of us all had that question. Yeah, because I had that written down as well. I was going to say, why not get a fake name and just go out? You can win like 200, 500 bucks on some of these 5Ks. Like wear a hat, wear shades. You know, you could have like a a buff on right up to like something. And you could just like get a few hundred bucks every time you get out there once a week. I don't know. I think that's what I'd be doing if I were you. Yeah,
1: That, that sounds fun, but the the repercussions of that i don't want to deal
2: with <laughs> that it run only run takes one nuts.
1: person to figure it out and then let's runs blowing up and then i have to deal with that you have <laughs> your yeah, mom you.
2: telling you about it,
1: now. Yeah, a seriously. Thing it.
3: in general <laughs> if there's one thing i've learned in my life any advice that my buddy trent there gives out i just don't yeah don't <laughs> don't, don't accept that he's not the guy um, to go to for advice. no no, that, no. well so <laughs> you, you're obviously like a hyper competitive person right i mean clearly and where you don't have that competitive outlet right now where are you where are you finding that like are you are you uh playing online poker are you like getting really into like you know board games or something like where are you getting that competitive outlet
1: i don't know if i really am like Oof. i i i do play like video games so okay but i'm I'm not like good at them. <laughs> so it's frustrating. <laughs> uh so I don't know if I'm like really competitive. I'm just like like pissed at myself that I'm not better at it. But I uh, yeah, I don't know. I've honestly like to keep myself busy, I've started cat sitting. <laughs> 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 i feel like i'm like that's where my competitiveness is going it's like how can <laughs> i bet be the best cat sitter in portland like
0: <laughs> probably, probably a lot of cats in portland
3: there's a I lot know.
1: of cats and it's like, like business a cat is tune. booming right now but and like if, if, if there's
3: any place in the world that's gonna have like a competitive cat sitting competition it's probably gonna be portland yeah
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> i'm like how many reviews can i get i'm like making sure to like like, message my clients, like, hey, just like, I appreciate it if you leave a review, like, try to get the most. <laughs> no, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's, I feel like that's like really been the only thing as video games and cat sitting, which is like really sad to say out loud now that I'm realizing.
0: <laughs> what, what video games are you playing?
1: Um, I usually play Call of Duty or my boyfriend plays League of Legends, and okay. so I've been doing that, and it's just really frustrating. I've mostly been playing League of Legends, and it's just it's hard.
2: <laughs> my my college roommate played played lol, right? Do you call it lol? That's how I know if you're a yeah. legal legendary. Yeah, yeah. a L- lot of lol in my. I had no idea what was going on. I looked over. <laughs> he's, he's listening right now. I bet, and he's going crazy that you're also on lol. There is a constant stream
1: on Twitch in our living room of like streaming that like different ones, but I it's it's a struggle to figure out because there's so many different champions, like so many different abilities. I'm just like. I don't even know how to like build items, and like, please help me, somebody. <laughs>
2: I'll, I'll tell so, them to offer some advice for. you. It's I'll frustrating to, to it.
1: not be good at it,
0: but. Yeah. <laughs> so hey, I I do want to ask you. So when when you know not to not to bring it back, but um, I do want to talk about uh, Shalane Flanagan and you know kind of her coming out and her her defense of of you, and I think that it, certainly for us, but across the sport, Shalane's probably one of the most respected people in the sport. And I guess I just want to ask you, what was it like to to know that you had somebody like that in your corner and what's your relationship like with Shalane?
1: Yeah. I like having Shalane have my back was huge. And especially because of how big of a person she is in the sport. Like I have so much respect for Shalane and everything that she does. And, you know, to, to have her actually speak, publicly speak out on my behalf meant a lot and and in addition to like all of my teammates that did as well um, I think in this position I was just I felt lucky even when one person spoke out so like to have as many people um, that did like that meant a lot and I hope that carried a lot of weight um, her words uh, with people but yeah I mean obviously she's now killing it in or- at Oregon um, and that's really exciting to watch but you know I think yeah like I said having her kind of have my back and, and my teammates and my coach and everything like they'd never for one second uh, doubted that when I had br- like brought that to my coach he was just like oh they have it wrong for sure like we're going to get it figured out and Shillane was the same way um, especially because she has been you know kind of cheated out of medals before and so like that really hit home for her um so you know to have her have my back believe in me and publicly speak out against that like i hope that that meant a lot to me and i hope that meant a lot to other, other people and fans of the sport as well
0: yeah and and, and i and i and i kind of wanted to you know for the most part kind of cap off those conversations with that because like for me that was kind of like all i needed to hear you know what i mean was to hear that your coaches and somebody like that was like oh no we we know this person like we're super involved with their training And Mm -hmm. to be, you know, know, like you said, Shalane's been, you know, she's every pro athlete at some point has been impacted by, you know, uh, cheating allegations in terms of like not getting the medals or not getting the places that they deserve, not getting the paydays they deserve. And, you know, to hear somebody like that come out, it's like, yeah, that's all I need to hear. And for everybody, for everybody that, you know, doesn't know what's going on and you're a fan of the sport and you're a fan of somebody like Shalane, it's like, well, like from what you know like, that's kind of all you need to hear. Um, and so yeah, for me, that that, that was big. And, and uh, you know, like, so look, look, look to the information that you do have people is, is what yeah. I guess. So.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's like funny, because it's like, these, like, a lot of people are thinking, you know, they're like, the people that are close to me are, like, they're, they're too close, they don't maybe see what's going on, or like, whatever, like, I'm like, those are the people that know me the best. Like, those are the people you should be listening to. And all of the people that actually know me are like, what? Like, absolutely not. She would never do that. Like, when I told my younger sister that this happened, she literally laughed out loud on the phone. She was like, what? Like, I thought you were joking, like, that that you wouldn't cheat. There's no way that, that this is true. So it's like, I think listening to people that are closest is important and someone like there should be weight in those words as well um these people know me and they know my character they know my morals like who I am as a person and so for them to speak out and have my back like I do think that should hold some weight so yeah
3: that's it I mean I that's what I have said from the very beginning I've said a bunch of times like if you are somebody who thinks that you cheated then okay I guess you're entitled to your opinion. But then you also have to believe that Shelby and Shalane Flanagan are liars. And, you know, if if that's what you want to believe and that's the world you want to live in, sure. I, I mean, I guess. But, like, I, I don't know how anybody can live in that world and and believe that and, uh, you know, not believe that, you know, these two people don't have that character. Because we've seen it over and over again. We've seen it for years. And it's like, I don't know. It just... Go yeah. ahead and live in that world if you want to, but I just, I, I, I cannot believe anybody
0: would want to live in that world. You gotta be, yeah. You got to be really good at beating polygraph tests too. So yeah. 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 <laughs> like,
1: if anyone thinks it's easy to beat a polygraph test, they've never taken one because <laughs> I was worried that I was going to fail it because I was so nervous. <laughs> I'm like, I, oh my yeah, God. Like
0: I, I, that's one of those things is like, I don't know if I'd ever take one because I'd just be so scared that like, how do they, how does it even work? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I know it's ter- like you're literally like you have wires on your fingers you're sitting on this mat with like thousands of little sensors you have like a heart rate monitor on you have like a thing around your rib cage and it's just like <laughs> you're not supposed to move at all you're supposed to like make sure you're breathing normally you can't like like change up your breathing at all and like answer the questions while like doing that I'm just like oh my god I'm, like what if I move like <laughs> I'm terrified. So it's a whole ordeal, but yeah, people that think that's easy to cheat has has never even taken one or seen how that works. So (laughs) it's terrifying.
0: Well, you know, I, I think it's it. That's a good place to start wrapping up the the, the interview. And before we get to the end here, I, I, I'll just say, you know, we're rooting for you. We're on your side. And hopefully our our, our listener base is well, I you know, I know most of them are on your side and hopefully all of them will be on your side after this. And we cannot wait for the comeback tour. It is it is going to be awesome. We're going to be in your corner. We are can cheer you on every step of the way. Um, But if you ever if you ever listen to one of our podcasts before we end all of our podcasts with a quick game we call it down the home stretch, so we throw okay. out a random topic and we just pepper you with questions on it. So oh
1: gosh, <laughs> here we Mike, go.
0: <laughs> Mike, why don't you kick off down the home stretch? All
3: right. So I know we've we've hit you with some hard hitting questions throughout this interview. Well, it. it... It, it's only started. This is this is only the beginning of those hard-hitting questions. <laughs> so your topic. We're heading into Thanksgiving. We're heading into the holiday season. So the holiday season
2: is your topic. Trent's going to hit you with the first question. Let's do it. All right, here we go, Shelby. When is it acceptable to start putting up Christmas lights?
1: The day after Thanksgiving.
2: That's the correct that. answer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's great.
1: Or December 1st, but at, at the very least after Thanksgiving.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, Real tree or fake tree?
1: I have a fake tree, but I want to say real tree. <laughs> I love the idea of going and chopping down my own tree, but I just haven't never, I've never done that. I have a fake tree. I'll admit it.
2: <laughs> You've never cut down your own tree?
1: I've never done it. No, our family always had this like 30 foot, like fake tree and we it was a whole ordeal of trying to decorate it every single Christmas and my mom like wanted us to help but at the same time she didn't because we were doing it wrong so it's like (laughs) we've always had fake trees
2: very quick tangent you can go to the national forest like office and get a permit to cut down a tree like in the forest Even if you don't have to go to a tree farm you can cut it down take it back i'd highly
1: recommend I'm, it. yeah i'm pretty sure they have that in portland like it's yeah. not that far away yeah. i should just go do it but absolutely haven't done it
2: remember
3: what i said about his advice <laughs> <laughs> uh cranberry sauce
0: oh that was my question
3: <laughs> is it a side or a condiment
1: uh, I'm going to say condiment. I'm not like a fan of it. I probably wouldn't even use it, but probably a condiment.
0: hundred percent the right answer. <laughs> I
2: I don't think there's a, a right or wrong answer there, but the hottest take there is that you don't use cranberry sauce. <laughs> so I think we need to be paying yeah. more attention I to I mean, that I might like put that, a little but... bit
1: on just to taste it, but probably not going to use it.
2: Kind of crazy. Uh, all right. Is cash or scratch tickets gift cards, is that acceptable for immediate family gifts? Yeah, I think so. Like I can, I can just get my brother's cash this year. That's fine.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be mad if someone gave me cash.
2: <laughs> it's easy. Don't even wrap it. <laughs> what was your most
0: memorable childhood gift that you received?
1: Oh my gosh. Um, I think my parents came home with like a puppy once mm,
2: whoa, and I, be... that's
1: probably the most memorable I don't even know I think that was our Christmas present um I, I probably would have been like in eighth grade
3: that's a pretty memorable
1: yeah <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm not like a huge dog person <laughs> He's a cat person
0: <laughs> that's I'm a little true, bit of a true. cat
1: person but now I do have a dog I just got a little puppy so oh. she's 10 weeks old and sitting in my lap at the moment oh my i'm trying to be a dog and a cat person
0: what, what kind of dog
1: he's a mini dachshund
0: yeah we have to be able to see yeah, <laughs> you, you gotta put got him, got him on now. Oh. Oh,
1: <laughs> just sleeping oh, he's so cute yeah she's only like three pounds very small
3: All right. Wednesday night before Thanksgiving is the, you know, the big night. Everyone's going out to the bars. Everyone's seeing their high school friends. Are you participating in the night before Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Eve?
1: I didn't know that this was a thing. I literally like two hours ago just heard that this was a thing. (laughs) Like they, my friends were just, I was at a bar like a few hours ago and they were like talking about how like yeah Wednesday night before Thanksgiving is the time to go out with your high school friends and like I was like what I've never done that before (laughs) but I would say I'm a hundred percent in on that if that was what's what we're doing I'm absolutely in. that would be a great time but I've never done it
2: (laughs) so it's a must do on Wednesday night uh all right what's what's your success uh percentage of staying up till midnight on New Year's Eve let's do like the last five years
1: I think I've only not stayed up once out of the last five years. So I'm like, typically I'll make it till midnight. I might not always remember it, but I'll always make it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. What is the best Christmas movie?
1: Probably my favorite would be Elf.
0: All right.
1: A lot Love of good quotes woman. in there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mike, uh, hit her with the last question. All right.
3: Well, wow, I was sim- similar trajectory there. What is the best Christmas song?
1: Oh, that's pretty hard. Um, I told you. I'm, you like, at totally you blanking. Questions. I'm totally blanking, and I don't know. The Mariah Carey song, I'm, like,
2: Oh, I want what uh, is yeah, it? That's the classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that want, I, so just
1: like, I know what I want to say, I just like can't form it together. Yeah, I'm gonna say that for sure. Mostly because my boyfriend belts it out and he tries to hit the high notes and it's really funny. <laughs> best, <laughs> so that's my favorite.
0: The best is when you're at a bar in like the middle of July and all of a sudden that song comes on. And yeah.
1: People, you know. <laughs> it's Christmas today. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh Shelby, thank you so much for coming on. This was so much fun. Um, yeah, we're we're gonna have to have you on again sometime in the future, and we can talk some races
2: and we can talk some winning. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that.
1: Absolutely, I, mean, I am as well. So do I you need to plug you your, your cat?
2: Do you need to plug your cat sitting business before you go?
1: <laughs> yeah, I might have to, or maybe I'll keep doing it. I don't know. It's pretty flexible, so that's kind of so if nice. you want to plug it.
2: If you want to plug it, here's now's the time. If where can so... where can they find cat you? On, by uh, Shelby.
1: I don't. <laughs> Rover, it's on meowtel yeah okay. <laughs> Yeah, i didn't even know it was a thing and then i like ended up needing a cat sitter and i was like wait a minute this would be really fun so then i started doing it i have been doing it for like three months now but it's been great it's i've enjoyed it and it's i get to make my own schedule which is nice so yeah nice. can't complain so if you need a cat sitter in portland i'm your person <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Thanks again to uh, Shelby for coming on the podcast. Uh, love it or hate it. We really enjoyed talking with Shelby. Uh, I'm glad she came on and I am really looking forward to that revenge tour. Um, I hope that she wins this and she's able to compete in the next Olympics and she's able to cross the finish line with two giant middle fingers held to everybody. So um, that's what I want.
3: Yeah, her answer to that question made the entire conversation with me because, you know, I was preparing myself for the polished pro athlete answer of you know when I asked you know, are you emotional going into this? Do you want to stick it to everyone? I was expecting that yeah, you know, I just you know want to I'm excited to get back on the track and uh, you know, show how hard I've been working. You know, something polished and but no, no, no. Shelby gave us the true emotional answer of yeah. She wants to she wants to stick it to everybody. Everybody who's listening to this podcast right now just hate listening to it. She wants to stick it to you too. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see what she's got. So uh I got nothing else to say on the the, the Shelby thing. I think I've said everything I need to say. I think uh stance is pretty clear. You're not gonna change my mind at this point. I'm uh I'm 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 a Shelby fan. Shelby's Shelby is uh, I consider Shelby part of the two crew these
0: days. Yeah, I agree. Um, hey, we got a couple very uh, peak too early esque uh, news stories to get into here um, at the at the back end of the show um, in the first, which I'm sure everybody has seen, and if you haven't seen it, go Google it. It's the uh, the turkey trot collision in upstate New York and Troy, New York. Uh, the turkey trot collision for it, it, essentially two runners jockeying for fourth place, uh, coming down the home stretch. Um, it's a crazy video. It's an electric video. Um, like I said, if you haven't seen it, you gotta go. See, you gotta go Google it right now. Um, I got some thoughts on this, Mike. I want to kick it over to you first to hear what you have to say. I mean. <laughs> This video, it's like, it's
3: stunning when you see it, right? Because these two guys coming down look like they're going for the win. But, like, the winner comes in, and a few seconds later, the second-place guy comes through, and it's like, what is going on with this video? Like, Am I supposed to be expecting something? And then all of a sudden, you see these two with jets like you wouldn't believe. I mean, this is like talk about leaving it in the tank these guys are barreling down the finish line and then the body check at the end crashing into the the guard on the side I mean it is it's incredible and look what do you what do you do when you stand up from that collision like how do you interact with that guy like what is those conversations is it an angry thing are you guys like getting up and like hugging and laughing over it? like i wish i could be a fly in the wall for the next like two or three minutes are you embarrassed by what just happened i mean like i said it's not like you're going for the win you're you're fighting to 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 podium i mean i i'm not gonna sit here and say i don't love it steve i absolutely love it i have i mean was it the best race strategy no but who am I? Who am I to, you know, criticize somebody's race strategy? These guys are going balls to the wall. They're trying to get it done. And it's like one of those guys was planning to do this as like all out sprint. But there's no way both of them were trying to do that. So the fact that like somebody got coerced into just seeing this guy starting to turn on the Jetsons like I'm going with him. I'm finding this next gear, And it just mayhem ensues. I loved every second of it
0: yeah and uh, you know, if I haven't pissed off every single runner on the internet with our take so far this episode, I'm gonna because the entire world hates this kid that got disqualified the entire running world hates this kid and so it 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 makes it look really bad because when they trip going across the finish line, the guy um, you know the guy who's who's closing the guy who is kicking trying to pass the runner in fourth place he trips in when he goes down his head bounces off the 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 guardrail or bounces off the the barrier so it makes it look at 10 times worse and it, it actually makes it makes the collision bad right up everything up until that point i don't think it would have been that bad if the barrier wasn't there they both would have fallen they probably would have laughed about it but the guy smacks his head and makes it 10 times worse everybody's hating on this kid that just got disqualified. Um, surprise to, to note, I'm sure not to your surprise, Mike, I have a very different take on what happened here. Um, This kid is dying at the end of 5k, just gave it all he's got. And this guy's kicking and his dead with his dead legs. He's trying to do everything he can. And it's not like he's just jumping in front of him. He's slowly, he's slowly trying to like edge him out at the finish line and drifting to the right and um just trying to keep this this guy behind him as he's getting to the finish line because he's got dead legs while this guy behind him is kicking like a maniac. And so he's he's dead tired. I'm sure he's not thinking nobody's talking about this part. I'm sure he's not thinking very clearly because he's at the end of a race and he's doing everything he can. To beat this guy to the finish line. He doesn't mean to trip him up as they're crossing the finish line. He doesn't mean to throw his head, his opponent's head into the barrier. Um, he's just, he's just doing everything he can to get to that finish line first. And, you know, I look at something like this, and as I'm asking everybody to do in this episode, when I put myself in this kid's shoes, you damn right I'm doing the same thing. I'm not, I'm not intending to body check this kid into the barrier, but I'm fighting for everything I got to get in front of him to the finish line. So two points on that. First of all,
3: I, I, we've talked about it many times. You can't be held accountable for the things you say and do within two to three minutes of finishing a hard race. Yes. Because you are in a state that you can't control your emotions. You can't control your... The amount of times you've been in the shoot at, at a cross country meet and things are just the weirdest emotional and vulgar things are flying out there. It's like, listen, people are blacked out. No, nobody knows what's going on. Your mind's not right. Your head's all mush. So the, I, I agree with you, Steve. I think he, his, his mind wasn't right. We, we We can't be sitting here holding this guy accountable. However, let me put you into your favorite your favorite shoes. Let me put you in race director Steve's shoes real quick. You have to disqualify this guy, right? I mean, even if it's just to save face, Steve, this guy just smashed this other guy's head against the guardrail. I mean, what are you doing? I understand. I agree with you. From, from runner Steve perspective, I understand, but race director
0: Steve, how, how are you handling this? You're not going to disqualify him? I thought about it from this perspective. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm trying to envision myself at the finish line watching this happen because I would love the battle to the finish line, but it, that that trip up at the end, I don't know. I don't know what i do. I don't know. I, <laughs> but here's the thing. It's not for podium spots, so you don't need to disqualify either one of them. I think what I do is i buy I buy them both a beer and I try to you know, make sure they're both happy and I you know, I, I try to make but if it's not for a podium spot, if it's not for a prize, I don't think I disqualify him okay All right. I mean, what does that do? Like I mean, he doesn't lose money. You I mean, we're we gonna give this kid a four year ban? like what are we doing?
3: <laughs> I think that's what we should do we Steve, we should start a campaign to get a four-year ban from turkey trots for this guy just and, to and, and so, just and to so, piss the world off
0: and so everybody is the the one piece that everybody's jumping at and i've seen some really aggressive comments on this kid um everybody's going at the fact that while he's so the collision happens they're both laying on the ground he's laying on his back and before he did anything he stops his watch first off you can't like you said a couple minutes across the finish line, you can't judge anything somebody does, says, whatever. Don't put a microphone in front of them. Don't ask them to think clearly. Like you just can't, you just can't hold somebody accountable for that time period. Um, the other thing is, you, I mean, if you're gonna get disqualified, you got to get that time on Strava.
3: That's you true. That's true. You they're not gonna, show you, they're <laughs> I mean, not gonna show you
0: your chip time. I mean, you got it. If it's not, if it's not uploaded, it didn't ha- happen. So I don't. <laughs> That's I don't. <laughs> That's a good
3: point. He had the foresight to be like, "Oh man,
0: I'm saying, I'm, oh, I'm, this is not good. I better get this on Strava so it doesn't disappear."
3: <laughs> oh, that's a great take too. That's a great take. All right, good. Well, I'm uh, I'm happy we're we're on the right side of history again. We we've been on the right side of history a lot in this this episode so far. I hope let's so. See, let's see if we can go. <laughs> okay, let's see if we can go for the trifecta here with this next new story.
0: All right, so let's see.
3: I'm a little behind
0: on this one. Yeah. Uncle Chen. Yeah, we missed this last week, but we got to talk about it. The entire world has talked about it. Not only every running podcast, but I think every podcast in the world is talk about this. But uh, Uncle Chen, uh, Chinese man, runs a marathon in three hours and 28 minutes the entire time, either smoking a cigarette or lighting a cigarette. So just chain smoking his way to a 328 marathon. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, so my initial when I just saw like the
3: headlines of this story, my initial take was I hated it because I, before I could like digest what I was reading, I was just I was just envisioning some jamoke who's out there like every other jamoke bouncing a basketball in the marathon or like doing something goofy wearing a goofy costume. It's like all right, why are we even talking about this? Then the more I figured out about the story. You know, I thought he was out there smoking cigarettes for like the show of it. No, no, no. He he's out there. This dude just smokes cigarettes and happens yeah, to be yeah, running yeah. a marathon. He, he's right? not like,
2: trying to
0: break a Guinness World No, I'm no, no, no. Trying to break a Guinness Book of World record. He's uh he's he just likes smoking cigarettes. This dude just gotta get his fix.
3: So <laughs> he wants to run a marathon. If you're if you're a smoker, Three and a half hours is a long time to be away from from the the smokes. So he just smoked, and he he ran fast. I mean, he ran
0: three twenty eight. He's like winning age divisions. Mike, you want to know? You want to know puffing what my first away like that's was? insane. You want to know what my first thought was? Thank God this guy didn't beat me.
3: Yeah. Well, I had I was thinking about it for a second. Like, wait a minute, what what time did I run? <laughs> but like. <laughs> I, I mean. Well, here, let me ask you this: If he's not ripping cigs, do you think he runs faster than three twenty-eight? No, I, think I that, don't think so either. I think, I think he I just think, is a three twenty-eight marathoner. I think, marathoner.
0: <laughs> I think if you, he's puffing cigs or not. If you, if you, if you're, if you run three twenty-eight smoking cigarettes the whole time, I actually think you're hurt by not having your cigarettes. Yeah, I think he'd be going through nicotine withdrawals right around mile ten. And uh and you know, the headaches would set in and his lungs wouldn't feel right. I think he needs the cigarettes. Yeah, I think I think that's probable.
3: But I also kinda of just think like he like I said, he's just a three twenty marathoner, with or without the cigarettes. Like he goes out there on any given day, runs a three twenty marathon, and you know, just happens to to rip a couple on the way. So I love it. Uh Uncle Uncle Chen is is without a doubt the the Sab of the week Sab of the month maybe maybe Sab of the year um and uh I'm glad I dove into a little bit more I didn't just read the headline this guy it, you don't come across this much of like a, just a true genuine character a true genuine legend like uncle chen so I'm I'm I'm, I'm happy I uh I'm happy I got to be alive <laughs> during the, uh, the time when I found out that uncle Chen was ripping cigarettes on the marathon. The uncle course. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, cool. Well, Hey Mike, we got anything else to talk about or is that kind of, like, is that it for the episode? I think that's it. You gotta go to bed. I gotta go to bed. I got to Oh, uh, anybody heading down to TRE hit me up. Uh, I'd love to hang out. Love to, uh, um, uh, you know, see, see any, any of the two crew down there. We grab a beer, whatever, but, uh, hit me up, shoot us, a, shoot me a DM on, on Instagram or whatever. Um, we'd love to, would love to hang out. If you're down there, it's going to be a good time. I'm going to be in and out. We'll be flying in Tuesday morning, flying home Thursday morning. So just kind of a, a quick trip for you, boy. Um, but other than that, let's, uh, let's kick off the app. Mike, what do you got people on the bell app? I said at the top of the show, Steve,
3: that's want I read it one more time. Uh, this past Thursday football game broke me I I was a broken man I'm starting to pull myself together um but we 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 discussed this briefly offline at one point the schedule over the last four for the four weeks starting with Thanksgiving Thursday night football Thursday night football Monday night football Sunday night football for the Patriots really? I mean are they trying to kill me They are trying to kill me. I can't be doing this. It's bad enough that I got to be up at 10 o'clock recording this podcast right now. I can't I can't be doing these late games in the middle of the week. The Patriots are trying to kill me in every single way possible. So that's what I gotta say.
0: Yeah, now it's going to be it's going to be a brutal stretch. Um, Mike, I've been I've been, you know, since the marathon, I've been, you know, I've been eating and drinking myself like crazy. So that, that's not good. I got to get that under control, you know, but you know, you got to come down a little bit, you know, treat yourself. I didn't drink for like three months leading up to the marathon. So you got to treat yourself a little bit, but I have been running. I haven't stopped running. I haven't stopped running hard. And I'll tell you what, my watch keeps telling me that my predicted marathon is getting faster and faster (laughs) over these, since the marathon, my predicted marathon time has dropped like another seven minutes. It's uh, because you been I drinking th- it Well, yeah, right. But I see this and I'm just I keep it it's just making me beat myself up even more. So I was doing some Googling. Um I was doing yeah, some Googling. I, I, I was
3: I wasn't gonna bring it up, but I heard some nasty rumors.
0: Oh, you did? Okay. Well I was doing I some, some Googling. Rumors. I was doing some Googling about, you know, if you know, could I just could I just jump in a marathon, right? Could I just try to write the ship and get this time and just feel better about this past year and I was doing some googling just like what what marathons would be available over the next couple of months and I found this marathon found this marathon I think it's on Ohio State's campus but it's in uh it's in Ohio and it's a mile loop and they have a 5k 10k half marathon marathon it's flat it's fast it's cold
3: wait hold on did you say it's a 1 mile, one loop? mile loop?
0: Oh my god. I'm thinking of, I'm thinking is... of, uh, I I would fly out I would fly out the oh night before god. I'd fly back that night and just go out there and get this time and hopefully be done with this with this marathon cycle.
3: You go do whatever you got to do, but I'm not coming with <laughs> you this time. I'm not coming with you. You let this me know how the, it goes.
0: Is this the rumor you heard?
3: This is the nasty rumor I heard. I didn't know all of the details. I certainly did not know about the one mile <laughs> that is psychotic.
1: I, 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 don't I even...
0: you heard about it from our brother. I did. I did. Wow. News travels fast. I, I texted him and I said, hey, I'm thinking of doing this. Would you be interested? And he said, I'm not running another fucking marathon. So. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah, he basically texted me just saying, am I really going to get talked into something along the lines of, I'm not going to get talked into doing another marathon in two months or something like that. And I was (laughs) like, what are you talking about? I was like, whatever you're saying to me right now, stop it. But yeah, he left out some of these disgusting details. We'll have to get into this in a future episode because I have so many questions about a one mile loop marathon. That's
0: me too. Me too. But I was intrigued. Okay. All right. That's a good place to end. (laughs) All right. right. I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, Hit me with the Josie.